You are listening to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lynn Niehaus, episode 38. Hello, hello, my lovely friend, and welcome to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lynn Niehaus, interior designer, artist, mama, scientist, color specialist, and space coach, here to help you navigate the beautiful messiness of raising strong, thriving daughters while you discover the path to a home that inspires you. You will learn to design gorgeous, peaceful spaces inside and out that you can be proud of and love coming home to. Each week, we will explore how individuality and practicality create the harmony our souls crave. Let's dive in, my dear, to all of our beautiful Today, I am in such a good mood, and I'm going to tell you why. And we're going to talk a little bit about how maybe you can get to this place too, if you are or have been in the situation that I was in. So, today we just moved my husband into his office upstairs. And the reason that is so exciting is because he has been at the kitchen table right outside the door or the wall to my office for six months now. It seems impossible to believe that it's been that long. And we went from me being in a room upstairs, far away from, um, actually there was a period there where he was directly underneath me. And my husband has his beautiful, deep, booming voice, but he is in a job where he fixes problems all day and he gets frustrated. And so his voice is at a normal level at the beginning of the day. But by the end of the day, um, his, his voice, his tone, everything's very heated. And that's really weighed on me. And I, I hate to complain about that, but it really has affected my ability to take care of just some simple tasks in my space. So today we moved him upstairs. We, I put him at a brand new desk that we bought specifically for the space. He got a brand new chair. Um, everything is designed for him. So it's been a lot of fun, but it didn't start out that way. And that's what I want to talk about today, because I often find that one of the main things that holds people back from taking action, we've talked before about decisions, and I actually did two episodes on how to make decisions to get started on your space and how to move through those decisions, just the plan, how to create a plan. But it's really hard to make decisions when the two of you might be disagreeing. And to be perfectly honest, one of the reasons that I created my business in the format that it is now is because I was running into this conflict between mothers and daughters as they were trying to create a space that was authentic and met both of their needs. 
without sort of just deferring everything or, or being frustrated in the process. So when I designed my very first course, my very first program that I began to offer online, it's called the Power Me Up program, it was for mothers and daughters to work together wholeheartedly, authentically, and connect to what they both really wanted the outcome to be in a way that was mutually beneficial and really honored the authenticity and the self-confidence of their daughter. But And that was, you know, that was the main goal. But over the past few days, everything came into perfect alignment for me to be able to bring this episode to you in a way that I feel like would be actionable for anyone, no matter whether you are working with your daughter to create a space for her, uh, you're working as a whole, as a family, to transition a family room, um, whether you're about to launch on a major renovation, like a kitchen renovation, or you're just redecorating your bedroom. Whatever the case may be, whenever there's more than one person involved, more than likely, there's going to be some opinions. And one of the first things that we don't remember to take into account when we're trying to design or reutilize a space or better utilize a space is the personality of the other person. Typically, we're working, or hopefully, <laughs> we're working with a person that we really do care a lot about. But sometimes our own opinions and our own egos cloud the fact that we are trying to do this together. Sometimes the disagreement is on budget and that's important to talk about, but also in the same way as the design or the space utilization because sometimes, and I know I've been guilty of this as well, we feel like talking about budget means that we can't have what we want. Or someone is telling us that what we want isn't possible. And how we were brought up, what we were, the, the situations that we were raised in, that can really contribute to that and it can cause some emotional triggers that you might not realize you're bringing into the conversation. So this is going to be a short episode because it's the solutions to this problem or this challenge, let's call it a challenge and not a problem, because it does offer the opportunity to expand communication, which most challenges do have an opportunity on the other side. So one of the things that I've found, particularly for myself, quite often when I'm working with clients, again, no matter what we're working on, is 
we get caught up in arguing over the details without taking the time to plot out the larger picture to make sure that we're both speaking the same language. And this is really important when we think about our different, our, our individual personalities and what we are each bringing to the conversation. And if there are multiple people involved, that's important as well. But just remember, if you're approaching a room redesign and you have people in the conversation that aren't the principal decision makers. So let's say you're you're planning on redesigning the family room and the kids want to be involved and they want to put their um, their opinions. If you have asked them what they think or how they feel about something that you're doing, it is important to make sure that you do regard their opinion and not and not just um, discount it, especially if you discounted it in a way that is simplified as, well, that's not in the budget or we can't afford that or we're not going to do that. Um, just be really clear. If you think that they do have good input, um, be sure to listen. But this is more of a conversation about two people butting heads about how something should either look or how a space should be used or, or what should go in a particular, in a space in a way that better uses the space, even if it's something that you haven't done yet. And I'm going to give you a couple examples. Uh, very recently, one of the reasons that I wanted to, it, that it really hit me why this was such an important topic to talk about was my husband and I got in a big fight and we don't typically argue. We don't typically fight about things. We've certainly fought more in the reconstruction of this house than anything else we've done in, in our time together. But we got really each emotionally attached to what we wanted to do about moving his office upstairs because the space that it's being moved into is a part of our bedroom. It was originally going to be a sitting room before we found out that he was going to need a office in our house for the long term because when we bought this house, that wasn't part of the plan. So I already had a vision for how I wanted to that space to function and so this meant giving up part of the space that I wanted but at the end of the day it is a better use of the space because it means that he's not in the kitchen all the time so the other thing that happened and we worked through it and he he kind of threw up his hands at the last minute and said, okay, you design the space. Um, and I was excited about that because I knew I could give him 
exactly what he needed in a way that he probably wouldn't have thought of. I had to recognize and I had to say it out loud. My husband finds value in himself when he can transform something very inexpensively that somebody else was going to get rid of, whether he's repurposing it or maybe he's completely reconstructing it and doing something that costs very little money. And one of the things that we had wanted to accomplish with this house was to make it more of ours because the house that we were living in before was the house that he had built with his ex-wife. So I had to acknowledge that by me wanting to buy furniture that I thought was more appropriate, I was not honoring one of the things that he thought that he was very, very good at. And I had to help him see that by him buying something off a Facebook marketplace that somebody was trying to get rid of and it being the first thing that I saw when I woke up in the morning did not honor the original vision of what we wanted to to do in this house, which was create a space that was truly ours, that worked for us, that because we have found that together we do some really great things. So we were at a bit of an impasse. And in addition to that, when we purchased this house, it came with a beautiful yard that had been sorely neglected over the last couple of years and overgrown. And I was excited because I finally had a yard that I could work in and and it had such beautiful bones but his idea of taking care of a yard is very minimalistic and so it's just simple plantings close to the house architecture structure something that's easily maintainable and because of the way this house this yard was already landscaped that meant getting rid of a lot of things that were here and could be beautiful. So I knew that that was an argument that neither of us for the long haul being here were, it was an argument that neither of us, whoever got their way was going to be happy. So I was very lucky to have a friend that I had worked with in the past who I could bring in as a consultant to work with us, to help us make the best decision for what our needs for our our yard were, what our needs for being in the outside space, for what we had time to take care of and what we had time to transform ourselves and whether or not we needed outside help to meet the goals that we had and create a long-term plan 
that a short-term plan and a long-term plan. So a short-term plan so we could start to take action quickly to make the space look like it was inhabited, <laughs> you know, not like an overgrown mess, like it it's looked for the last couple of years and for the last six months that we've owned the house. And at the same time, I was, I started working with a new client who had um, just recently joined my design portal, who was looking to do very something very similar. And this happens a lot where clients come to me, we've worked together on a small project, and then when they're in that transition period where they don't know whether to move or to stay, like kind of that love it or list it concept, especially in this housing market right now, it brings that question up a lot. The disagreements of who who gets to control the decisions that are being made and the best answer to that is for both people to be active participants and knowing what's truly important so that's the moral of the story and the lesson that i want to talk about is the most important thing when you're redesigning a space or determining how to best utilize a space whether it's it's unutilized currently or being poorly utilized is to first ask the question what's the most important thing we need to accomplish what is and very often the first thing that is said is the thing that's the most important for the family as a whole. It tends to be the same goal. And in a similar framework that we talked about when we talked about the escape and arrival method of doing things, and if that's uh, an episode you should go back to, I've, I've had several people reach out to me to tell me how useful that is on just an every day decision making level is looking at where you are now and where you want to get to and working backwards from that point instead of living in this frustration of I don't know how to get started I don't know what to do first when we work backwards we have this opportunity to do it but oftentimes we fill in those gaps on our own and we have a tendency to pluck things out that might have been missing in other areas of our life or other areas of our own personal timeline and fill it into those in-between spaces. And we often do that before we've even had the chance to have that conversation or we try to, and I've seen this so many times with clients, we're trying to manipulate's not necessarily the right word because manipulate sort of apply, implies this evil intention, but we're trying to get our way because we see our way as the best way. And so we're holding on to some of those little pieces 
that we interjected into the process when those pieces are holding us back from getting to the end result. So what do we do to need, what do we need to do to take action? First of all, we need to state what the end result is. Whether you're working with your spouse or whether you're working with one of your children on what to do with their space. And the most important thing is to understand how we want to feel when it's all done. And I've said this before, but in this process, it's more important than any other time because there are very few situations where we're talking to a person that we love and not and in a conversation where each of us want the other to feel the their best in this space and so it opens a door to having those conversations where we can get to what we each need in order to feel that way. Now, sometimes, even after we've both stated what the goal should be or what we both see the goal as, sometimes there isn't agreement. Sometimes what we both want isn't the exact same thing. So hearing each other and consciously acknowledging that we hear each other is a very important first step because sometimes it's just hearing what the other person's goal is. You might recognize that their feeling is a step on the path or on the journey to what you want to feel or vice versa. Or there's a way to get to the same end result that produces those same feelings or there are other opportunities within other parts of your home or other other places where you can each meet that end goal. So one person might be trying to, because they've decided that one place is good for something and somebody else agrees that it should be used for something else, when we say why it's important to us that whatever we want to accomplish is going to happen, it's, it's good to hear it because that's when we start to see where other opportunities are. And if you've done any work on the law of attraction or manifestation, you know that the most important thing is knowing what you want in the end. You, it, things don't happen when you try to control every little aspect of it or control how it's going to happen. It's the same way in a relationship between two people is when what you're headed towards when the end result, just like when you go to GPS something and it gives you alternate routes, 
There really are alternate routes, and no way is the perfect way. The only way that's, that's the best way is the way where each person's needs are getting met, or each person is feeling validated in what needs to be accomplished. So sometimes that means bringing in someone from the outside. And sometimes it means just sitting down and having a conversation. And all the time, it is important that you'll get to an even deeper impasse if you each try to recruit support from the outside. And so very often I've been brought into a project and someone, each person had a different opinion on what they wanted and they each tried to get me on board with their side. And what we often don't realize is anytime somebody comes in from the outside, they bring their own opinion. So if you start trying to solicit more people for your team to try and, you know, convince your partner or your child, whichever one you're working on, that what you want to do or what you think is right is the right way, you're introducing, you're making things more complicated because you're introducing other opinions because the thing that we often don't realize is that other person also wants to have it. You've asked for their opinion, so they want to be of value. So in some rare cases, one person is just not being realistic or not being not understanding what needs to happen or what can happen. Sometimes it's just um, some very limited thinking. Uh, but sometimes we do project that that person is thinking in a very limited way without understanding that their personality is a personality that doesn't move towards change naturally. They like to know how things are going to work. They like to know how things are going to come, how things are going to turn out. And so doing something that's outside of their own vision or their own understanding is really uncomfortable. So they might be offering up objections to what you think is right just out of their personality, out of who they are or what their core values are. So that's something that's really important to recognize. Often I've had time, and I've said this myself, I have been in situations and relationships when I have said this myself, that the person that I was working with didn't want to spend the money or they were just too cheap to do it, you know, X way. If it's something that's going to add value, it's really important 
to look at the numbers if they're a numbers person. Sometimes we don't want to do that or one person in the conversation doesn't want to do that because they're afraid that if they looked at the numbers, it might not come out in their favor. Sometimes looking at the numbers can give you a really realistic expectation of what you're capable of or what you're able to do. And oftentimes I find that that also helps you think of ideas or think of ways to do things that might not have been in your thought process when you first started thinking about this. So just to wrap things up, what are the steps that you need to do to get something designed or reassessed or assessed in a way that meets the needs of the people involved. One is the first thing is to state what you want to feel as the end result. What is the final outcome that you each desire? Have a conversation about that. If they are not in the same place, have a conversation about why it's important to each of you and what it would mean to each of you. Have a conversation about budget, about how you want to take action, about whether or not other people are going to be involved in terms of contractors. Talk about the long-term implications of what you want to do. Is it the best use of resources? Are there other ways to accomplish the end result that you might not have thought of? And then make a plan of how each of you are going to be involved in those actions. So if it's a space that you're working on with your spouse, it's really easy to envision what I just said. If it's a space you're working on with your child, all of those steps are important as well. I find that it's very valuable to involve your child in the budget process because most little people don't have a lot of a, of a grounded concept around money. And this is a fantastic opportunity to help them recognize the things that they can do, the ways that they can contribute to making their vision real. So their feelings are real. They're what they want to accomplish, even, no matter how little they are. Those emotions, those feelings are legitimate and you want to incorporate those in the conversation about the final outcome. Some of their ideas might be unrealistic, but that's important too because putting those unrealistic ideas or the things that you think are unrealistic, the things that you on the surface feel like are inachievable either within your budget or within the limitations of your space, 
very often help you think outside of the box in a way that you might not have thought either of you capable of. So like I said in the very beginning, as a challenge, you get an opportunity and an opportunity to do something together that you both will be proud of. So if you have any questions about this or if you feel like you need some help um, getting to this place, um, always, always you, you can reach out because this is something that I am passionate about. I believe that we need to live together happily in our spaces and there's always a path to that if we just each feel heard and validated. So have a wonderful week, my friends, and I hope to see you here next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Take care. Thank you for joining me here today on the In Her Eyes podcast. If you heard something today that resonated or helped you move forward on your design vision, please head over to the platform you get your podcasts and subscribe. And it would mean the world to me for you to leave me a rating and review. The complete instructions for doing that are on the In Her Eyes podcast website. That's inhereyespodcast.com forward slash review. And while you're there, be sure to grab my bedroom project planning workbook. It's the step-by-step guide to designing a room on any budget that truly supports your needs, your style, your habits, and you or your daughter will love coming home to, whether you're seven or 77. And it's my gift to you for tuning in. And if you have an idea for a podcast episode, something that you're struggling with, or something that you'd like to hear more about, please fill out the form on the bottom of the page. I personally read every single submission. If it's something that I feel confidently that I can speak to and help you with, I'll absolutely create something that will help you out. And if it's something that I feel like someone else can guide you better, I will guide you to that person, I promise. Have a beautiful day, my friend. Until next week.